could have this thing. Can I have plug? Yeah, we're working on it. Can you hear me now? Can anybody hear me now? Give me a confirmation in chat, okay? Can anybody hear me? Hmm? I'm not getting a... Please, somebody, uh, let me know on chat that you can hear me. Oh, okay. I think, yes. Okay, we're good then. All right, tonight is the mystery of the blue cord. But first things first, the reason I'm here tonight is because our brother Harold Stutzman had a stroke. I understand he's doing pretty well at the moment and uh, Tim is down uh, in, Sarasota at the hospital with him tonight. So that's why I'm here. Uh, we have many, many prayer requests, uh, folks that need our prayers right now. And so um, we're going to pray. I think we'll start with prayer and then we'll get on to the, uh, to the uh, message tonight. We'll talk about mysteries. Um, so I'm going to ask you to, to bow with me right now, and let's pray together. Almighty God, our Father in heaven, you are so awesome, and we are so grateful to you for your love and concern for us. We thank you for letting us gather as your people tonight uh, because we love you and because we want to honor you and learn more about you and understand you more deeply. And so, Father, we ask that you be with us tonight as we look into your word and, and guide us and, um, and, and help us to take away from it things that we need in order to live the lives that you want us to live. Father, we thank you for our fellowship in Christ, and we thank you for the, the fellowship of Bay Area Church of Christ. And we want to bring to you some important prayer requests tonight. Father, we especially are remembering our brother Harold Stutzman. And Father, we just pray that you would help him to be healing and to, get, to be getting better and get back 
uh, to a more normal life. And we just pray that you'll be with the doctors and guide them and, uh, and bless the family. And, and so, Father, um, he is very precious to us, and, and we know that, uh, that he's very precious to you. And we just pray that you will be with him. Father, there are a number of other people that we're concerned about. Uh, we want you to be with uh, Kayla Schwind and her family and the, the injuries that they've had, that they will continue to recover. Uh, we pray for Linda Howell's sister, Faye, and that, that you'll be with her uh, in her healing. Father, we pray for David Harkins and ask that you help him as well. Gary Lambrecht, uh, we pray that uh, uh, you'll just be with all of the ones that we know of that have uh, come down with the virus, and we're asking for your healing there. And Father, we, we just pray that you'll uh, protect everyone, um, and, and we know that you're there, and we ask you to be with all of these folks in the way that only you can. So guide us now and, uh, and be with us, Father. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. Well, hey, everybody. It's great to be with you tonight. This is very different for me, and I do a Zoom meeting every Tuesday night, but it's very different not having a uh, uh, a group of people online with you uh, that you can see. So, um, so I'm talking to the camera tonight, but I'm talking to you. Hey, listen, uh, let's start out with, uh, with this question. Um, could you tell me in the chat, what are your favorite mystery TV shows or movies or stories? What are your favorite mysteries? And I'm watching chat. So tell me what you're thinking. All right, Charles Rivenbark says Sherlock Holmes. That's gotta be a big one for me. Uh, somebody said, Dash said Monk. All right, that's a cool show. Agatha Christie, I bet that's Don Webster. Jim Ingram, Banachek, okay. That's a good one. The Hallmark Mystery Channel? Is there really a Hallmark Mystery Channel? I, don't, I didn't know that. The Tim Curry movie Clue, Mark Stutzman. Wow, okay. I got to tell you, I don't know a lot of this stuff. Uh, Scooby-Doo, okay. I thought of that myself, actually. Uh, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, that's Gwen. Fanny says, Perry Mason, okay, yeah. <laughs> My generation. Uh, all right. Twilight Zone, awesome. Hawaii Five-O. Hawaii Five-O might be more of a uh, crime thing, right? 
Alfred Hitchcock movies, of course. All right, a lot of great, a lot of great mystery uh, ideas there. Some classics. Okay, so um, oh, Mission Impossible is that really a mystery? All right, Kojak. Well, that's that's crime. Okay. So I'm going to share with you some information I found, of course, on the internet. Um, but here's the thing. I'm going to switch over to a PowerPoint slide and try to show you these. So let's hope this works. Hit PowerPoint first. Hit PowerPoint first. Okay. And two. So I'm hoping that right now you can see my first slide, which says the blue cord mystery, which is our subject tonight. And I'm going to try to tell you, show you, there are t 10 unsolved historical mysteries, the top 10 here. Who was Jack the Ripper? Where is Jimmy Hoffa? These are classics. Uh, where is Cleopatra's tomb? Who killed JFK? Now here's one I didn't know about. Is there a money pit on Oak Island in Nova Scotia? Apparently millions of dollars have been spent trying to find treasure buried in on Oak Island near no Nova Scotia. Is the Copper Scroll treasure real? I had not heard of that, but apparently in the uh, same place as the Dead Sea Scrolls, there is a Copper Scroll that has a lot of uh, directions on how to find treasure. And I don't think anybody's found it yet, but this Copper Scroll is there. Uh, another historical mystery, what's the fate of the Ark of the Covenant? We got to wonder about that. Were the hanging gardens of Babylon real? I thought they were, but apparently it's a it's a mystery. Is there a city of Atlantis? And then here's a, here's another one that was found on this list. What was Jesus really like? Now I got to say, we know a lot about what Jesus was like. So, you know, I'm not I'm not quite in the boat with that. Uh, so, okay, here's one more, and I don't know, I don't know most of these shows, but IMB, IMDB says that the uh, top 10 mystery shows of all time are these. And I'll just let you take a look at that, because I don't know. All right, so. Back to me, I hope. Let's see. I need to hit. Uh... All right. So, two things that I really love about the Bible. Number one, it is full of mysteries. And number two, it's full of clues. It's full of mysteries and it's full of clues. Let me break that down a little bit. It's full of mysteries. Just think of the parables of Jesus where an earthly story carries a heavenly meaning. And how much time we spend looking into those stories and trying to unravel the mystery of what those stories mean. There's treasure to be discovered in the, in the Bible, the kingdom of God, the gospel. There are truths to be unearthed.
God is holy, God is love, and much, much more about the nature of God. The mysteries bring us gems of insight, inspiration, encouragement, and wisdom. Think of the book of Proverbs. The Bible is God revealing himself mysteriously in ways we didn't expect. Think of the coming of the Messiah and how unexpected the way that he came was. The Bible is full of wonderful mysteries to those who are seeking God's kingdom. The Bible is also full of clues. Each part of the Bible, a book, a chapter, a story, a verse, helps to unravel more of the wonderful mysteries. Think of Jonah in the belly of the big fish and how it tells a story for its time, but it also foreshadows the resurrection of Jesus after three days in the grave. So there are many clues and they never fail us as long as we look at the Bible on its own terms and in its own context and there are many treasures to be uncovered. So tonight's mystery, the blue cord mystery, begins in the desert. This is important because in the Bible, the desert is often a place where one of God's chosen servants learns about and prepares for a mission that God has set out for him. So let's go back to the slides and let me share some scriptures. Matt's helping me with procedure right now, which is great. All right. I'm hoping you can see the, the blue cord mystery slide here. So the story begins in the desert, but first we want to talk about the meaning of the desert and how God's servants have gone there and understood and prepared for their mission. And here's Elijah. And remember how he fled from Jezebel after, uh, well, he fled from Jezebel. He was afraid and ran for his life. And he came to a broom bush and he sat down under it and prayed. And that broom bush was in the wilderness, which is the desert. He went a day's journey into the wilderness. And he, he'd had enough. He went to sleep. And an angel came and woke him up. And in verse 7, it says, The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And that was, that was where Sinai was. That was the same place that Moses went. Think about Jesus. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. But Jesus was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. 
John the Baptist spent a lot of time in the desert. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who has spoken of, who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. So he was in the desert uh, and he was preaching. Then think about Paul. This is from Galatians chapter one, when Paul was helping the Galatians understand understand that he was he was a true apostle and he assured them that the gospel he preached was not of human origin he received it by revelation from Jesus Christ and of course when he was converted he had just been a major persecutor of Christians and so he was making a transition from being totally opposed to Jesus to acknowledging him as Lord. And so there was a, a time there, and it's, it's pretty interesting. That period of time seems to have lasted about three years. And during that time, he went into Arabia, probably into the desert. It says, I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia Later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days, and so on. Now, we know that important things like these happen in the desert. And of course, we know at Mount Sinai, something very important happened and let's read through this passage about that first uh, meeting of Moses with God on Mount Sinai. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession." Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. So at this time, God had a mission, not just for Moses, but for all the people of Israel. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. They understood what a priest was. 
They understood that a priest in pagan religions would represent uh, the people to a god and a god to the people. The priest was supposed to show the people what the god was like. So they understood the idea of what a priest is. But this idea of a kingdom of priests must have made them really wonder. You will be for me a kingdom of priests. Usually there are just a few priests, right? But this is about an entire kingdom of priests. So now we come to the blue cord mystery. And of course, uh, after that first meeting, um, uh, Moses received the law and uh, the people uh, were in the desert for quite some time. And in Numbers chapter 15, God gives them some more commands, um, a number of additional commandments. And one of, the, one of those is here, and I find it really interesting. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at and so you will remember all the commands of the Lord that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves by chasing after the lusts of your own hearts and eyes. Then you will remember to obey all my commands and will be consecrated to your God. A couple of things to note about this. God's telling the Israelites, I want you to put tassels on the corners of your garments. It was to all the Israelites. It was to be done on clothes that they wore on a daily basis. Put tassels on the corners and make sure there's a blue cord in each tassel. And that is the blue cord mystery. Why a blue cord? And what was the reason for having those tassels? So you can look at them and so you can remember all the commands of the Lord that you may obey them. That's what those tassels were about. But what was the blue cord about? That's kind of the blue cord mystery. So we're going to try to solve that mystery in a minute. But first, I'm going to um, come back on screen because I can't see what you're writing in chat and I want to see uh, what you're putting in there. Okay, now I can see. Uh, Jan Sweeney says blue bloods. <laughs> That's kind of a double, double answer for, uh, for this study. It's a a mystery and it's also uh, blue. Uh, 
Uh, does anybody have an idea about the mystery here? Jim, maybe that's your answer. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Is that what the blue cord means? Gina says, it's interesting, never studied this. Does anybody have an idea what that blue cord means? Yeah, I think it's really interesting too. And until, until like yesterday, I hadn't studied it either. What does that blue cord mean? It's strangely silent out there. No, just another mystery. Okay, Christ in you, hope of glory. That is a mystery. Does anybody know what that blue cord is? No idea, Jim. <laughs> Does anybody want to know? <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. Um, all right, so I got to go back to the slides. Uh, and my procedure is click the slide and do it that way. So I'm hoping you can now see the slides again. And let's get this, let's get this resolved. Um, this is uh, Exodus chapter 28, and I want you to just glance uh, at what you can see here. It's about the priestly garments and um, make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. He was to be the high priest. Have them use gold and per blue and purple and a scarlet yarn and fine linen. Make the ephod of gold and of blue, purple and scarlet yarn, and of finely twisted linen. And actually, and, and then the breastplate had some, had similar um, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. Um, but, but there were lots of things about the tabernacle that had blue. There were lots of blue things. But there's only one person uh, in this context who was told to wear blue, and that was the high priest. In verse 36, make a plate of pure gold. Now this is, I'll, I'll explain it. Make a plate of pure gold and engrave it, engrave on it as on a seal holy to the Lord. Fasten a blue cord to it to attach it to the turban. It is to be on the front of the turban. It will be on Aaron's forehead and he will bear the guilt involved in the sacred gifts the Israelites consecrate. whatever their gifts may be. It will be on Aaron's forehead continually so that they will be acceptable to the Lord. 
So, <clears throat> so this blue cord was to be worn by Aaron as part of the turban, and it was attached to this gold plate with the words, Holy to the Lord. And yet, Aaron would bear the guilt of the people. It's obvious that the high priesthood was a foreshadowing of Jesus bearing our guilt. Uh, but the mystery, the mystery of the blue cord has to do, I think, with the priesthood, the priesthood of the people that remember God wanted a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. So think about 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, and, and look at how similar the words are. <clears throat> but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. <clears throat> That's us. We are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And uh, remember the purpose of those tassels. It was It was to remind the people of the Lord's commandments and that they should obey him. But we can also see that it foreshadowed the, the carrying of our sins by our great high priest. And so, I think these, I think the unraveling of the mystery makes us love God so much more. He didn't explain why he called for a blue cord in the tassels, but we can see it as a reference to the priesthood and be reminded that we are intended to be a holy, a priest, uh, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And so 
I see Melody, you said you can see the tassels with the blue cord. You've, you've searched that out. Um, I kind of did the same thing. Let me go back to the, to the slides for a minute. So um, you can actually uh, these are these are for Jewish folks who follow the tradition, and the tassels are called tzitzits. And this is uh, you can buy a set of four traditional blue and white tzitzits uh, for seven ninety five, and. Uh, I think if you wear those on the corners of your garments, they should remind you of the commandments, to obey the commandments of God, and to, uh, to remember that you are a kingdom of priests. Oh, and there's, uh, there are lots of, lots of these available. So uh, I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty interesting. Right back to live. Uh, yes, blue has been related to royalty too. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so let's think about applying this for a minute. <clears throat> How should we live as a kingdom of priests? Um, maybe we're kind of passing through the desert right now. We understand our mission. The Lord's given us a mission. And part of it involves being a kingdom of priests. What does it mean? Uh, that's an interesting comment. I think that's uh, I think that's from Don, or maybe Dave. If a reminder of their need for an intermediary should have helped them avoid self-righteousness, yeah. Consciousness of sin should be a humbling thing. But how do we how do we live as priests in this world? in the desert. Show mercy to others. Okay? Remember also what uh, what we said priests do. What do they do relative to their God? That's Dave making those comments. What do priests do relative to their God? Anybody? By remembering what Jesus has done. That's not wrong. What do they do in relation to... Ah, Angie. Show people their God. That is what 
a kingdom of priests will do. They will show people their God. And the way he lived. And the way he intercedes for us as a mediator between the people and God. We're to go out and point to Jesus. To show people what God is like. And in order to do that, of course, we have to live holy lives. If the priests are unrighteous, then people will think that God is unrighteous. BJ says, consecrate themselves before God. Wonderful. Absolutely. We must be holy. Yep, the same way the priests were supposed to do. Okay, so that's the blue cord mystery. Um, I just think, uh, I just love to think about that. Because uh, I, I didn't know all that about the tassels and about the blue cord and what it might represent. So... Uh, I love to think about that, and that will be a reminder for me. But let me ask you this: What is it that uh, what is it that reminds us to act like priests? And I know there are a lot of a lot of answers to that. But, you know, Jesus didn't give a commandment to, to wear tassels, nor did Paul. Uh, and, yet, and yet we have to remember. We have to remember to be a holy priesthood. Um, so how do we remember Melody, Melody says, uh, studying the word. Of course, absolutely. Angie said, the Holy Spirit. I think that's a very powerful answer to that question. They did not have the Holy Spirit living in them the same way we do. Um, he resides in us. Uh, and, uh, and that should remind us we, we can't ever forget that we're his temple. And that should always remind us. Uh, Lauren, uh, the word of God. Oh, that's Jimmy. The word of God, absolutely. Uh, you know, we... Uh, I would also say the fellowship. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. We're reminding each other that we are a... Uh, kingdom of priests and you know a kingdom has a king and the king the king's will is done in the kingdom and so uh, so we must be obedient Joe says love each other as I have loved you and Martha 
the example of our high priest, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yep. The example of our high priest reminds us um, how to live. Uh, Stephanie, this may be a stretch, but umbilical cords are often blue. Could also be a metaphor that we are bound to God. Okay, you get the prize for a really cool answer. I like that. We are connected. <laughs> and I didn't know it. I didn't know that about umbilical cords. Uh, listen, thank you so much for, um, for all of your comments. And uh, that really helped me to know that I wasn't just talking to the camera. So I appreciate that. Hey, Gail. Fellowship also brings accountability. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And encouragement and strengthening. So um, uh, just, just remember the blue cord mystery. Just one of the many wonderful mysteries of the Bible. And I guess we're going to uh, close it down right now. But uh, thank you again for coming and keep... Uh, Oh, make sure you sign up to come on Sunday if you're coming. If you're not ready, that's okay. Uh, we'll still be streaming. And uh, Teresa said communion. Yeah. That's a reminder. In the world, but not of the world, said Gina. So, uh, uh Keep on keeping on. And uh, we'll see you one way or another Sunday. And thanks for coming. And Jackie says, Fellowship is wonderful and it's an honor to be in the priesthood. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Keep Harold in your prayers and uh, everybody that's on Vital Concern. Uh, and let's, uh, let's be one in the spirit. God bless you. And, oh, let's have a quick prayer. Bow with me. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the mysteries that you have revealed to us and, and reveal to us as we study. And we just, uh, pray that you would, uh, help us to, to really be a kingdom of priests and not disappoint you. Thank you for all of the reminders that you give us. Uh, that we need to be your holy people. Father, forgive us for our shortcomings in this. Uh, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Father, through the blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus. May your name be praised in the whole earth and help us to show the world uh, who you are by how we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Love you guys. Have a great night. Bye now. <laughs>